I'll get angry. I'll throw things. But that had never happened before. Do you think that we've sorted things out? Well, I mean, we did what everyone does whenever they have any problems with anything, right? We, we, we turned it off and we turned it back on, and it's working perfectly. I think it's as simple as that power supply cord uh-huh. is starting to Uh-oh. go south on us. Do you know what's funny? <laughs> this is way inside radio, so I'm just apologizing right now. But one time Connor said that to us, and I remember thinking, there's no way that's going to affect or change anything with the issue we're having. And it absolutely did. Yeah. It's like, why don't you just change the power cord? I'm like, because that's not going to do anything. It's a connection issue. We need to, I think. Uh, <laughs> it worked. We just need to buy new power cords, you know, across the board. It's, uh, we're at that point where things are getting to, uh, they're aging. They're on the fritz now, which, hey, that's uh, the nature of it. As somebody who just had to say goodbye to a car that surpassed the 230,000-mile mark, I can confirm that there is a point where you say, it's time to go. But Drake is a lot like me in which I feel like Drake likes to try to see how long it can last and if he can fix it and make it work. Because most of these power cords, Josh, there's some – there's some pretty unique engineering that's going on with them, right? You, there you might guys, be spring here and some tape. You have a little Cosmo Kramer in you? Yeah. Uh, did Benny ask about the roster? Did I hear that correctly? Yeah, he, he wants to know how many can travel with the team, how many are rostered for OU softball. We've got 21 on our roster this year. There's 20 that are playing because uh, one of the freshmen, Nellie McEnroe Moranis, is not playing this year. But she was on the trip. Red shirting because of injury, right? That's right. That's right. So I don't. I'm gonna. I'm just gonna be honest with you. Seeing that this is kind of the last year with COVID, extra seasons. I'm kind of excited to get back to having a normal number and having, you know, understand. And I know that this COVID year affects what Kelly Maxwell, Kinsey Hansen. Riley Boone, and who else? Um, not Torres. I think Torres always had a, a fourth season anyway. In other words, it's been good for Oklahoma. Carly Keeney, that's the other one. Oh, it's been great for Oklahoma. But it's also one of those to where, you know, in, in amazing NCAA fashion, who I'm one of the biggest supporters or will stand up for the NCAA because I think sometimes people don't really understand their job, but they really screwed up whenever they're like, everyone gets an extra year. Everyone. It's on the every, – everybody, every sport. Like, what? <laughs> I mean, remember Wisconsin? Barry Alvarez had to come out and be like, yeah, we're not going to give you guys another year. And put it on the schools, and then, you know, then it becomes, well, if a coach leaves, do you get an extra, an extra year? You get an extra – you know, it's just this, this never-ending – cycle of who has eligibility and who doesn't so we'll get back to normal next season at least in softball and i think in baseball too the schedule now if you real quick on softball then we're going to shift our focus to the knippelmeyer chevrolet text line 405-651-3439 here's the schedule for this weekend if you maybe saw one of the early schedules and in fact i think when i say early schedules as early as leading up to you know the the, the season weeks before the season 
The Sooners had a Sunday game scheduled against Notre Dame. That's not happening. Uh, Notre Dame had some flight issues. They're going to be there, but they have to leave early on Sunday. So instead of trying to kind of pigeon, like wrench a game in against Notre Dame, Oklahoma will now play Seattle and Loyola Marymount on Sunday. I think the Loyola Marymount game was always scheduled for Sunday. But here's what it looks like. Friday night is the big night, doubleheader. Mississippi State at 7.30, followed by Wisconsin at 10. Then they get San Diego State in a standalone Saturday game at 2.30. Then that doubleheader on Sunday, Seattle at 11 a.m., Loyola Marymount at 1.30. And then guess what, Josh? We open up Love's Field. How cool is that? It's here. It is it's here. here. Ah, exciting. Um, is there anything more we need to add in hoops from this? And, uh, Oklahoma women had a tough one. You know, Jenny Bronchek came on with us on Friday and talked about the, the, the need to take care of the basketball against a team that does what West Virginia does. And unfortunately, that was, that was just not the case. For them, but yet they still had an opportunity to win. So that that nine game winning streak comes to an end, and there's no shame in a loss to West Virginia. But I'm sure there's some frustration from Oklahoma's basketball family in the way that that game uh, finished, seventy to sixty six for the women. And I know that there's frustration because I see it all over social media, media and the Knippelmeyer Chevrolet text line. Josh, a lot of frustration in the way that things ended for OU basketball on Saturday. Yeah, it led to sort of a state of the program, did it not, across sure. social media? And the state of the program from many in the fan base uh, was not positive for Oklahoma men's basketball. Uh, for the uh, women's side of the equation, look, uh, the nine-game winning streak comes to a close. As you said, no shame in losing in Morgantown to a good West Virginia team. But uh, you've positioned yourself well to go win the Big 12 regular season championship again. And now you got to bounce back uh, tomorrow at Cincinnati, take care of Bedlam, and uh, set it up to where you play a good Texas team inside the LNC and then one final road trip to Kansas. So there's work yet to be done to go uh, repeat as the uh, Big 12 regular season champion. But they've done, I don't want to say all of the heavy lifting, but a good bit of it with the nine-game winning streak before obviously stubbing their toe this weekend. Did you realize that they lost a game when they shot 62% from beyond the three-point line? 60, you know, and then you add in the 25 turnovers and five of 11 from the free throw line. Jenny Baranchek is going to be tearing them up on the free throw line. Uh, It was a difference in the game. You know, make two... Two or, I mean, you had the late free throws from West Virginia, essentially with no time left on the clock. But, I mean, you just – it's its its frustrating. Points off I'm turnovers. I'm sure it's very frustrating. That, that's yeah. the difference. 23 for uh, West Virginia and 9 for Oklahoma. So you're minus 14 there, and obviously you were uh, minus 11 in just the, the turnovers category in general. So there, there you go. There, there's your ball game. You want to hit the uh, the text line here? Absolutely. Why not? Let's do that. Okay. Let's just um, let's go. Let's take you back to the start. I haven't even put anything on the uh, prep sheet quite yet. Thank you, Coldplay. Four zero five six five one three four three nine. 
Do, do you know much? John John from Tulsa was one of the first ones in, and he asked, are the baseball games this year on ESPN Plus? Well, they are. Um, but I don't. I didn't even know what the early season schedule was. I was busy listening on the Varsity app and on the KREF app. Actually, the KREF app was a little bit more reliable for me this week in the old Varsity Network app. Score one for the good guys, Josh. But, uh, I mean, baseball and softball is going to be on ESPN Plus a lot this year. And I can certainly tell you that Tuesday Dallas Baptist is and then all of Wright State will be. Do do I risk trying to explain? I saw a lot. I mean, there was a lot of angry fans in the in the softball mentions because you'll be thinking, well, I was told that I buy ESPN Plus and I'm going to get every single softball game, which, again, is it's not really what was said, but it's – sometimes you're at the you're at the mercy of who holds the rights and where you are so example flow softball in the opening weekend flow softball this weekend they have the rights in in mexico they have the rights in uh palm springs they they've always had the rights in palm springs always have i think it was their signature event every game after sunday for the most part, it's going to be on ESPN Plus. This every, every this single coming day. Sunday, every single after this 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 weekend, this coming weekend for softball is Flow Softball. After that, ESPN Plus the rest of the way, and that's fantastic, isn't it? it? You know the amount of games that you're going to be able to watch is mm-hmm. it, it really is a game changer. What you know the four letter network feel how you want to feel about it, and ESPN sure. Plus feel how you want to feel about it. They have uh, made a pretty substantial investment into Diamond Sports, and I think that's absolutely, great. absolutely. The problem, and it's and it's so funny to me because I'll read like these because I guess I'm a glutton for punishment. I'll read like these paragraph text messages of people that are just this team deserves better, and blah blah blah, and there's no excuse for this. Why are we having to watch Texas and this and blah? And then I stop and I'm like, it's, it was what, three games this weekend because we're at McNeese State, y'all. We're not playing in the St. Pete Clearwater Classic. And I don't think we're ever going to. We're not going to, we're not going to the places where ESPN is doing the early college softball games. And spoiler alert, that's pretty much the only early season softball games that they're doing is their own tournament. We went to McNeese State, who has one production truck, one, that they share. And, and I think most places have one production truck. But, I mean, like, that's it. That's their studio. They have one. And they can't do – they have to go and they pick and choose which games they, they can do on ESPN+. Plus. That's just how it works. That's their deal. That's their deal with the Southland. That's their deal with their university. And I was talking to their SID. They've never done – an early season softball game. Never. And this was the first time they'd ever done it on ESPN+. Plus. We, Jacob Potter, I'm not going to say we because I didn't have anything to do with it, Jacob Potter, Jackie Livingston, um, Peyton, that crew from over at Sooner Vision, uh, I think Bob Cunningham, Kelly Collier over at SSP said, all right, they can only do the two games because – Again, we're going to a place that doesn't have the budget, man. They just don't. All right? It's just it's 
they do an incredible job with what they have, but they just don't have the budget. And I don't, I don't want to spend a lot of time on this because I'm not dogging them. They were awesome. They were great hosts. But when they said, hey, we're not going to be able to do your games when you don't play us, I mean, we don't have an unlimited budget. We just can't say, all right, boys, fire up the <laughs> fire up the satellite truck. We're driving down to Lake Charles because there's also a men's basketball game on campus. There's men's gymnastics that was on campus. I mean, there's a lot that's going on, and it's expensive. So we took a camera, set it up, put my audio into it, did the best that we could, and gave it to you for free. So I... I mean, I don't disagree with anybody that would say they deserve better. You bet they do. They deserve to have a five-camera, 4K broadcast of every single one of their games. But sometimes in places like Saint Char- Lake Charles, Louisiana, it's just, not, it's just not happening. And to me, instead of going and grinching and moaning and complaining about it on Facebook about how you – you paid for this, and you're not getting. You're getting the games, y'all. You're getting a lot of them. I mean, those those two games against McNeese State five or six years ago, you would have to have listened to me to get them, and that was it. And what the a amount of coverage thing that is. <laughs> I know. <laughs> Ultimately, the reality of the situation is this, right? Perfect world, okay. ESPN Plus, you know. Sooner Sports has got it, but mm-hmm. that's not the reality in every single situation because of broadcasting rights. The other reality is this. The overwhelming interest in support is a, is a beautiful thing. It's awesome. It, it's so cool. Like this, this conversation is because people care. They, well, they, you know, they can't get enough, which can, hey, can that's I, a good thing. Can I also say you're not really helping anything when you act like an a-hole on social media. That's it. You can be mad about it all you want, but when you spin your ex-diatribes and your Facebook about how, you know, everyone sucks and this is stupid and you shouldn't have to pay for this, you know, kind of every so often, you know, think before you hit post or send. I just, I read some of it and I'm like, well, yes, that would have been really cool if Oklahoma was on ESPN this weekend. But we're playing in Lake Charles. Next week, Flow Softball will have more cameras. It will be better. And then every single game from that point forward is either on ESPN+, Plus, ESPN, ESPNU, or ESPN2. We're going to get a lot of softball. And they deserve it. Uh, sorry, didn't mean to go on a diatribe. But I just I feel like this happens. This happens every single year whenever we have to – uh, in the, the the one or two games that we have to take and go do a single camera shoot. Um, thank you, by the way, for uh, all the kudos, Josh. I feel like uh, you wouldn't mind me saying that, like Sooner Judy. Good morning, guys. Great calls this weekend. Thank you, Sooner Judy. Did you, When did you really stop, like, having the nerves? When did it get super comfortable for you? Uh, I, I don't know. Uh, probably... Inning or two in, I started feeling okay. That's, you know, about, that's about the same for me. 
And, and, and you know, frankly, I, I felt pretty good once we got the first pitch. It right. was, you know, navigating an initial pregame show, which, oh, by the way, first pitch got knocked back 10 minutes. Of oh, course. so you got out a little bit more. <laughs> it's a welcome to the party, baby. You get to do a little bit more. So once, once I got to call a baseball game and right. then got, got, you know, Got back to doing what I've done before was was when it got comfortable and and I'll get more comfortable and I'll get better at it so I, I look forward to that. Um, Sean, four zero five six five one three four three nine on softball. Nationally, pitching is at a premium. We've cycled through some all time greats and the explosion of offense shows it. OU again is ahead of the curve with a lot of front line pitching depth. That. And the defense really set OU apart in the early season. Let me tell you something. The defense is in midseason form. It's so tight right now. And it doesn't really seem to matter who they put at second base. Q Lilio. Q Lilio had a ball that she And I got to go back and watch it. I don't know if it was a low shovel to second, but they had some troubles on the exchange. And then the next two balls were hit to her, and she made both plays flawlessly. So second is solid. Hodge has been good over there. It's just they're really really clicking on defense. Um, Let's see. There's a few more here. (laughs) I thought the plank cam was good. And the play-by-play was ten times better than ESPN Plus this weekend. We did find out we did find out how tall most of the girls are. I don't. Those guys do every sport for McNeese State. That's just that's what it is, and I think they're like volunteers, but the. One of the McNeese State workers, I think, is a big OU softball fan, too, because she came to me afterwards and said, hey, I'm really sorry about a couple of the things on the play-by-play. These guys don't do softball very much, so they do everything for us. But... um Anytime you start getting into the height of a softball player, the height of a softball player, it's like, what, what do we? That means you've just looked at the roster. Here comes Carly Keeney, five nine. You know, it's like, <laughs> unless you're, I don't know, you look out there and it's like Hugh Lilio, you're like, ah, how tall is she? I don't know. It's just kind. Of, I, I, I don't think I've ever given a height of, of a softball player. <laughs> oh, um. Let's go through some of these during the break. I didn't realize how late that it was. 405-651-3439. 405-651-3439. Uh, happy one-year anniversary to, we'll tell you next right here on The Ref. All right, welcome back into The Ref. This is a day of celebration. It is the official ribbon cutting of the Young Family Athletic Center, YFAC.com. The doors are going to open today at 2.45. Get out, check it out. It's amazing. The ceremony's at 3.30 this afternoon. The YFAC is a Norman Forward Quality of Life project, so 
you know, again, tip of the cap to the young family, but also to the taxpayers who helped vote this into reality. What would that go back five, six years ago? Maybe longer than that. Okay. Two things, though, Josh. Two things. As far as not only the Young Family Athletic Center is concerned, but also this date in history. Do you know what happened on this day exactly one year ago? I do. Would you like Go me ahead. to share or would you like Go ahead. Tell the people. Roll. It's the last time Oklahoma softball lost. Last time OU softball lost on this day in Waco, Texas, 2023. It was such a significant win that the team that finished fourth in the conference ended up having its coach named the Big 12 Coach of the Year over the team that did not lose again the rest of the season. Do you know what's kind of wild about it too, Josh? Is that whole weekend, Oklahoma had been amazing. I mean, absolutely amazing. They beat Longwood. They beat Longwood in arguably one of the fastest games I've ever watched in my life. They beat them 10-zip. They then beat Stephen F. Austin 22-zip. And they beat Army 9-0 in five. They had dominated that whole weekend. And then that Sunday in Waco just it was weird. It was just a it was just a weird day. A year ago today, the Sooners lost four to three to Baylor in Waco, Texas, and they haven't lost since. Isn't that wild? I mean It's incredible. <laughs> it's unbelievable. It's, it's unreal, you know? I mean, look, it's nobody else has done it, so it is in fact historic. And then the other thing that I think about especially when you know we're here seeing the Young Family Athletic Center you know, built, ready to cut the ribbon, full grand opening coming up here shortly, but, I mean, essentially kind of like a soft grand opening today. Do you remember what happened, Josh Helmer, on the day that we came here for the groundbreaking? What was significant about groundbreaking day whenever – I was standing out. I think that's when we got the report that the Sooners in Texas were thinking about moving to the SEC. Ding, ding, ding. Ding, ding, ding. Correct. Yeah, that, that was the Houston Chronicle report. That's right, Brett Zwerman. And it was funny because... Gosh, that's crazy. Isn't that? It was funny because I remember one of the first people I saw that day was Joe Castiglione because he was here with Zach Selman and several dignitaries from OU celebrating what... Um, was a, a really cool day for Trey's involvement, obviously for the city. And I'm not kidding. And it was hot, dude. Oh, my gosh, it was so hot. We were out on the blacktop. Perry had put us uh, put us up one of those little tents. I, I think I think someone had even, like, had a fan there. <laughs> it was, like, that hot standing out on the blacktop. And as soon as I got in my car, because I'm pretty, I'm pretty sure we were 9 to noon, right? Were we 9 to noon? I'm pretty sure we were. And I got my car, and I pulled around the corner, and as soon as I did, it was like, oh, my, breaking news, what is this? <laughs> and I was like, I'm turning around. I'm going to go talk to Joe and see if it's legit. Spoiler alert, I did not turn around and go talk no. to Joe to see if it was legit. <laughs> no, you did not. So it, 
it, like two things that are kind of significant for me. It makes me think a lot of when I see this facility built and finished. All right, um, where are we? Where is Oklahoma on its path towards the SEC? And then you think about this being the one-year mark of the last time Oklahoma lost. Now, how amazing is it to see the way that this team has just absolutely dominated and just had even found ways when they're not at their best to win games. Now, they're going to lose a game. I'm just going to – it's going to happen. It, they're they're going to lose a game. It's almost impossible. Teams don't go undefeated in diamond sports. They just don't. But they haven't come close to playing their best game yet. And that, to me, is scary. So I'm, I'm setting that expectation up, Josh, to where, hey, someone's going to get them. It's it's going to happen. It might be. We think. It, no, no, no. Don't say that. Someone's going to get them. I, I, we think. <laughs> I don't think they're going to go undefeated. But if they play their best game, nobody's even going to be close to them. Nobody's even going to be close to them. It will be. It would be like watching. Do you remember the commercial where Samuel L. Jackson went back and played little league football? I mean, that's, that's going back quite a ways, right? When when he's got football and he's running through and he's just stiff arming kids and throwing them all over the place. Talks about coming back to football. If Oklahoma plays its best, that's what they're going to do to the opponents. I think they're that much better than everyone this year. But you're going to have a day where pitching might be off, even with six of them, where you're not going to hit. Maybe you make an error or two. But if they play their best game, if they if they find that level consistently, nobody's going to have anything for them. It's just they're, they're that solid. They're that good, dude. Um, what did I say we're going to do here? Oh, Knippelmeyer Chevrolet text line, 405-651-3439. Um, here's one from the 918. Those guys over the weekend were complimentary to the OU pro- program but they called every play like it was the first out of the game. They did help me wind down and get ready for bed, though. <laughs> did not have a lot of juice? Mm. Mm. That's fine, though. Uh, the 918 writes, McNeese had a lot of short players, and they were awesome. Then Ludlam or K-9 standing by them was even more wild. <laughs> yeah, that's uh, that's... Riley Ludlam is an intimidating like figure in the in the batter's box, and she's had a really good start to the season. All right, uh, let's get a break. We're going to continue to celebrate the uh, ribbon cutting today of the Young Family Athletic Center. We are here, boots on the ground. When we come back, we'll talk to more distinguished guests next right here on The Ref. All right, welcome back into the Plank Show. Um, this is exciting. This is exciting. Uh, Daryl Powell's the uh, city manager. How many years now? Uh, four and a half, going on five years now. Not bad. Time flies. It's a good run, man. It's good to see you again. It's good to be seen. So can you kind of take us through the role that the, the city's going to have? Are you guys going to be running this thing? Uh, got people officing out of it? I'm, I'm intrigued by that. I see, I see Jason. I don't know if he's already picked out his office space in here or anything yet. but uh, You can bet it will be the biggest one. The biggest so. one. What, <laughs> what's going to be your, your, y'all's role in the day-to-day operations of it? Um, uh, early on, we thought we would uh, enter into a contract with a third-party operator. And uh, over the course of a year and having conversations with those operators, we recognize that the expertise 
is in Norman mm. to run the facility in a manner that uh, our community members, our kids will benefit from the most. So we have brought on board a team of basketball enthusiasts with incredible resumes to provide plenty of open gym space and competitive rec basketball space um, as well as be competitive in the national tournament space Mm. here in norman oklahoma i'm glad you brought that up i think that's the area where you know we're we're cutting the ribbon today at 3 30 this is going to be great to where you can get a day pass and swim and, and shoot hoops but these tournaments that happen across the country are pining for places like this that are uh, built for multiple games and have hotel accommodations and restaurants around them like they do. Uh, so I would assume that process starts like now in reaching out to those events, right, and those people? We've got con- uh, contracts um with the ink dry for wow. tournaments, we I think the last check we had 22 tournaments scheduled, and uh, some of the biggest in the country are now on the schedule to play here in Norman. They love the amenities that come with this facility. As you mentioned, hotels galore. We've got 800 hotel rooms in our backyard. We've got lots of restaurant opportunities around. We recognize when the parents come, uh, and there's time in between their kids' mm-hmm. games. They need to do something. They need to be some. Somewhere. I mean, it's fun to watch your kids play basketball. I don't know if you want to spend the next four hours watching other kids play while your kid's next game is coming up. So they can run across the street and uh, entertain themselves. And we recognize the opportunity for more of those uh, entertainment venues popping up all the way around the YFAC as we speak. Two more hotels in the works mm-hmm. and uh, fun new restaurants just to our west. Yeah, well, and that's what I was, I was caught my eye. I hadn't been out here in a while. Um, in fact, since the groundbreaking. Well, I mean, I've been over to the Embassy Suites for events and had family stay there when they came in town. But there's there's so much room for growth over here, too. It's almost as if we're, we're kind of just getting started in this area, Daryl. This is a great anchor. And fortunately, folks that had the vision recognized an opportunity for us to even extend uh, to the south and add two more basketball courts and extend to the west and add that 50-meter pool that was part of the original vision, just not part of the original budget. But we have now accounted for them space-wise. And that may very well be a, a featured element of Norman Forward, too. What is... um. From your perspective, can you even begin to describe the emotions, the excitement of somebody who is all about the health, uh, financially, you know, physically, mentally of this city, if you will, to have something like this and to be here on the day when the ribbon's cutting and see it come to fruition? What, what's this moment like for you? The excitement of bringing to fruition a vision of our community it doesn't get better than that mm. from my office window. And, of course, your office window today is much more <laughs> <Yeah>. spectacular <laughs> than mine. Um, but when you recognize you have a community that is willing to tax themselves in such a way to provide for quality of life, amenities, and and, and they set the bar high. Mm. And, and we are appreciative of that bar being set so high. Our biggest fear is we set the bar too low and fall over it and nobody cares. We want to set the bar high and fight mightily to achieve it. And I think we're there. This is much more than what was originally envisioned. Um, but as that community begins to talk and, and think of the possibilities, this is where we wound up. It, it was It's more than I could have envisioned at the beginning. And um, it's going to make 
topping this and Norman forward to that next high bar we're going to have to fight mightily to achieve. When you, um, I, I think it was interesting because you said in the original plan that wasn't there. What spearheaded the idea of, all right, we need to add, this needs to be a part of this. Because I've seen in, in the building of Love's Field, right, there are certain things to where they're like, we're going to need more seats or we're going to need more room here. And there's a reason. Coach will have a reason, ticket sales, whatever it might be. What kind of kickstarted the idea that we're going to need a little, we're going to need a bigger boat, if you will? <laughs> the thought that originally we talked about building indoor gym space in one location and an indoor aquatics facility in another location, um, a handful of us took a trip, went down to Texas and saw what uh, Jerry Jones had built <laughs> at the Baylor White Medical Facility adjacent to a training facility for the Dallas Cowboys, and it brought the piece of this puzzle we're standing in now, the Norman Regional Human Performance Clinic, into the mix. Mm. And it really came together with the concept of one facility, let's share all the parking, let's share all the opportunities with the hotels and the restaurants nearby, and put that human performance option right smack in the middle. We've had great uh, relationships with Norman Regional throughout this process. They brought architects and engineers to the table and had to fit seamlessly mm -hmm. this this uh, medical facility right in the middle of these two sports facilities, and it fits like a glove. Yeah, that's no, perfect. It's absolutely perfect. Um, before I let you go, well, I, I got two more before I let you go, but first, in those conversations, was this something whenever you would talk to the Norman Regional people and, of course, the InMotion people where they're like, this would be the type of space that we need to be a part of? This is something that we need to to help to grow? They're um, actually, their staff, um, far more worldly than I, <laughs> actually um, recognize the need and in, in the opportunity to set our facility apart from others around the country. And services here are not mandatory, but they're definitely available. Um, we believe we'll be bringing in uh, from out of town the best talent in basketball wow. to showcase their skill set here and to have the recovery options available um, a huge plus when it comes to norman youth uh, playing ball here um, we know that norman regional provides us excellent health care here in our community and now they don't necessarily have to go wait uh, <laughs> to have those services provided if they you know roll an ankle here uh, at the young family athletic center uh, those professionals are now close at hand can help with that recovery and get you back on the court faster so cool Daryl. thanks for your time man i know you're very busy but we appreciate it always a pleasure thank you that's the uh, city manager daryl pile we'll take a time out we'll come back to the young family athletic center ribbon cutting ceremony day we're on site overlooking the basketball courts here it's a historic day for our city and we're covering it on the ref did, did i do that just blame me today i think i'm bad luck now i would say we did have i think five pretty good broadcasts over the weekend so i'm good luck on that front but as far as equipment this morning there is, think about your job, all of y'all's jobs, even if you're retired or you're stayed home or you're a student or whatever. And imagine there's something that you use on almost a daily basis. And I don't know, how long have I worked at this? 15, 16 was my first year. And all of a sudden, eight to 10 years into using this equipment, 
book, pen, TV, whatever, it starts doing something it's never done before. I've been shook today, Josh. I'm usually not somebody that lets these equipment issues bother him, but it shook me early. I'm going to give the game ball today before we wrap up to Daryl Pyle, the city manager, because during that interview, our headsets were going so jankety, and he just rolled. Unflappable, like, huh? Unflappable. Do we vote for the city manager, by the way? Is that a voted position? Because if it is, I'm going to lead his campaign. I'm going to become his biggest supporter. <laughs> I'm putting signs. I don't know if I can vote because I live in Washington now, Goldsby. But I'm putting signs in his yard. It's, it's on. It's a really cool setup, dude. There is a stage in, uh, in the middle of the, the basketball courts here at the Young Family Athletic Center. Uh, they've got a massive big screen that is going to be here as scoreboards, and I'm sure they'll have video playing whenever you know open gyms are going on. And uh, about five, six seats for speakers, probably about 100 seats and some risers. This is open to the public today. You can come out and celebrate the grand opening of the Young Family Athletics uh, Complex. I keep sitter complex. They call what do you call it? WiFAC. That scares me. I don't know if I'm going to go with that one, Josh. That one scares me a little bit. <laughs> you change an A to uh, a di- well, a different vowel, yeah. and I'll be in big trouble. I can't lose my job, man. Uh, but YFAC. We can't even make com. that joke. We we got to go somewhere. That's scary. I know, right? And and Daryl said it so smoothly. I was like, huh. Hey, they uh, they said your boy is going to be coming on with us, the Norman basketball coach, uh, Kellen Kel McCoy. Norman North be coming on. basketball coach. No. So, ooh. <laughs> yeah, I'm here for you. Don't worry. That would have been a terrible mistake. I love to Kellen, make. man. He's great. Well, he's he's trying to get up here. He's busy. He's got a lot of things going on, as you might imagine. Let me hit a couple of quick of the uh, Knippelmeyer Chevrolet texts. We're at the Young Family uh, Athletic Center. This is an awesome day of celebration. And you guys have been checking in on all the things from the weekend, like this from the 614. Wait until people realize one of the Texas games is still currently slated to be on the Longhorn Network. Uh, tis true. Tis true for now. But because I noticed, I noticed on the schedule online, because uh, I was searching for the the Mary Nutter, and I was just trying to make sure about the broadcast of, of every game after this weekend is on ESPN Plus or ESPN and, in some way, shape, or form. But they have the – are we Friday, Saturday, Sunday? They have the Friday game in Texas on ESPNU. They have the Saturday game in Austin on ESPN. And they don't have the network for the Sunday game listed, which would lead me to believe that for now, Josh – probably still on the Longhorn Network. But if I was ESPN, that series right now is a banger. I mean, it always is, but Texas looks really good, like really good. Now, they didn't get to play much this weekend because a majority of their games were when the uh, rains came and and washed out uh, most of the St. Pete Clearwater Classic. In fact, they didn't even get to play any games yesterday. So they didn't really get a chance to get too challenged. But, yeah. Don't be bring don't be bring, bringing that on me, Ricky Bobby. Uh, from the six one five, this is our guy out of Tennessee. We got to give him a name, like Tennessee Sooner. Is someone taking that? That seems so original. No one's ever used that. Nope. <laughs> he writes, 
Guys, I noticed a significant difference in the building and attendance in the Auburn-Kentucky game. It's a real indictment because Auburn is a great comp to OU in basketball. The Auburn fans are right on the court. Well, I guess it's also a great comp because, you know, Auburn did lose at home this weekend. What did you make of the What did you make of the Bruce Pearl pregame speech? Did you get to see any of that? No, I, I didn't. That's where game day was. Uh, yes. That's where Jay Williams made his uh, ridiculous statement uh, this weekend. Oh, yeah, 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 the Caitlin Clark comment. Um, yeah, I don't. I think that's a fair comparison, but they got some juice down there now. But you know, it's a college game day crowd. It's Kentucky, right? And let's show me an Auburn Arkansas game, and let's talk. Right. Um, The nine one eight. Can you tell me why OU softball doesn't have their names on their jerseys? I really wish they would have put them on there. You guys really like notice everything, don't you? Whenever you said OU players don't have their names on their jerseys, there was a part of me that was like, "Is that right? Their, they, do they? <laughs> Are you sure? Are you sure about that? I, I, I don't. Maybe they do. I, I, no, no idea. Great observation, but I, uh, I don't think they ever have. I don't think they ever have. Just kind of one of those things. Budget cuts, fewer letters, less sewing. No, I don't know. Good question. Uh, and then 580 Nate points out Mike McCarthy is getting his COVID year at Dallas as well. Ah, that's a good point. Yeah. <laughs> All right, quick break. When we come back, uh, we'll see if we talk to Coach McCoy or get our top five stories of the day next.